So um, let's get started and have you tell everybody who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, um, uh, I am just pretty much, you know, that's a really hard question. I don't really don't really know what I do exactly. I, um, I guess in a lot of ways I'm just sort of a, an evangelist, I guess, but uh, it kind of functions in the in that um, uh, about 10 or so years ago I was into a lot of the things that a lot of people that are just waking up to the truth, how the world really works, all these sort of, uh, you know, the conspiracy theory thing. Um, I had a chance to get deceived, I guess, pretty early in that. So uh, because of that, I was uh, – and I also – figured out a way out of it. I think that that's really the core of what, what it is that I do. Just a lot of different things, a lot of different websites, make a lot of movies, do a lot of podcasts and these kinds of things. Just to try, trying to explain, um, you know, sort of advanced concepts to people and just sort of um, break it down and, and lead them to the truth, which is Christ. All right. Uh, that's definitely um, a great thing anytime anybody is led to the truth. Uh, how did you really get started in what you do? Did you have any uh, personal experiences in the supernatural or any any kind of conspiracies or occultic um, activities? Uh, you know, I really have not uh, and did not have that many um, supernatural things go on to me personally uh, other than the sort of general synchronicities, I guess, um, I would call them that would happen right at the beginning. I, when I first kind of fell into the New Age kind of stuff, it was it was through uh, Zachariah Sitchin. And that really started what I now in retrospect see as, as these sort of synchronistic uh, things led to different books and led these, to these different paths and things. And I think it was... It was stopped, I think, before I went too far in it. And I think that there was just enough um, just enough in my, you know, upbringing to sort of keep me from going too far and some of the things that, you know, um, that you can do down that path. But so, no, I didn't really personally have a lot of things going on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, so I guess, I guess not. But one of the things that actually I started to figure out what, um, that something was wrong was in an early book by David Icke, there was, he had mentioned that there was, this ancient god that lived, uh, oh, eight, I think it was 1,800 years ago, and he had all these characteristics of that of Jesus. And I was like, wow, if that's true, if this this ancient god that lived, you know, whatever, or it wasn't 1,800 years ago, it was 1,800 years before Christ, I was thinking, if that's true, if there was a god but way, eight, way before Christ that did all these things that Christ was said to do, then it must mean that Christ is some sort of like, uh, you know, just some sort of lie and uh, so I believed that for a while, and that um, until I found out, and that's sort of what sort of broke the that broke the spell, I guess, is when I found out that was a total untruth. It was taken from a book um, called the Sixteen Crucified Saviors, and which was widely now known to be just a terrible book as far as not citing sources, and you know none of it none of it's true, and no and uh, but at the same time. I believed it, and a lot of people believed it is true. So when Zeitgeist, the movie Zeitgeist, which is a huge uh, internet uh, success, that basically repackaged that same idea and applied it to many different gods, um, when that came out, I was sort of in a position to say, "Wait, a, wait a second, guys, this is all this is all untrue." I know it. It, it made it, they made it sound really true. So that's kind of where a lot of 
a lot of this started with uh, with the Zeitgeist Challenge, uh, where I offered you know cash for people to simply show in the ancient text where it says that these ancient gods did these things, uh, like. You know, they would say that Horus was born of a virgin and that he had, you know, he was born on, the December, on December 25th and had, you know, and was crucified and all these things. And none of it's true. The Egyptians uh, didn't say any of that stuff. But uh, it just seems, it seems logical. That's the kind of, the, the problem is that there's so much that's out there in the way of deception that it, that it's, the hook in it is that it's rather intellectual. It's, it, it's wrapped in this package that lets everybody think that, um they're very smart for having figured it out. And when there's that kind of thing attached to something, it's really hard to resist it. Now, it's, it's really interesting that you uh, mentioned Horace and the Zeitgeist Challenge. Um, also, for those that don't know, the uh, website is zeitgeistchallenge.com. Um, Horace, I actually wrote an article on uh, Jesus versus Horace. And as you say, I, I didn't uncover anything in the Egyptian records that spoke of him being born of a virgin. And actually, it was quite the opposite, I believe. He was the product of incest, if I recall. So it, it's right. it's one of those things that, as you mentioned, it's, it's kind of something that they just really threw together just to, you know, really assault who Jesus is, the character of Jesus. Um, right. And that's, they, you, that's... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Um, well, I just would say that's sort of the, the thing that unites all of it, um, that it always seems to come back to Jesus. I mean, that's the thing that I, I hope people scratch their heads about at the end of the day. You know, when, when they do start to figure out that this was wrong or that they had been believing this lie or whatever, and it's coming from people that did tell them the truth about, you know, aspartame or fluoride, and they told them all the things they needed to know about 9-11 was the inside job. But when it came to Jesus, every one of those guys has a different story. Oh, he was just a a guy. He didn't exist. Oh, he... He was just a magician. Oh, he was just, um, you know, a moral teacher. You know, they all have a different version of events, you know. So somebody's wrong out there of these uh, these people that we're putting on pedestals in the truth truth movement. And where they err is always on this guy that lived 2,000 years ago. Um, yeah, let's, while we're on the subject, let's, let's talk about the truth movement. Um, t- can you tell everybody uh, what it is for those that don't know? And, and also how the truth movement um, or, or what the truth movement is doing to kind of subvert Christianity. Well, um, the truth movement is really just a term that I, I mean, I, I'm, a lot of people call it that. I, I've just taken the calling it that. Um, but it, it's just a broad word, broad term that means essentially to me those people that are seeking the truth genuinely that have uh, found out that the world is not what they what they have been told. And, you know, that can be in, in some ways sort of, I think the 9-11 truth movement is sort of, a, you know, kind of where I guess I'm thinking of because it's sort of in my mind sort of gelled around that because it was after 9-11 that this sort of started taking shape as far as this kind of tribe and this community thing. And I think that ultimately it's genuine. A lot of the people out there are the ones that aren't you know, watching American Idol and don't and do care about what's happening. I mean, not that American Idol is inherently evil or anything, but you know, they, they or uh, but they are the ones that are seeking the truth, and so they're they're our our best and brightest in a lot of ways, and they are for a lot of t- a lot of them are just really diligent, and some of them are just um, not quite as diligent in their search for the truth, and and the the problem is is that there's a big psychological issue when people find out that everything that they believe is not true. Or, you know, most of the things they were taught when they were 
young about how the world works are untrue, and that causes a, a psychological trauma in a lot of ways. It, 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 you know, somebody that's just woken up to all this, you can see it. It's just there's a there's just these these weeks of just like, oh my gosh, you know, if all this is true, then oh my gosh, I have to reevaluate everything, you know. And it's that vulnerability of sort of wiping the slate clean clean that is kind of like um, it's kind of like old school mind control. That's uh, what the Nazis were working with in, in the idea of uh, wiping a slate clean. They, that's where they came up with the term brainwashing. Uh, and then they would rebuild the paradigm in a, uh, in a, in a way that suited them with different programs. And that's essentially what's happening to everybody out there. They're, Satan is taking advantage of, of, of a people's shattered paradigms um, and he's, and then they're out there searching for new information to rebuild their paradigm. Okay, the world isn't what I thought, so we have to figure out what it is. So they go out there and they're looking. Okay, um, this did happen with uh, this, and 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 fluoride and and aspartame and, and all these things are are true. Okay, so you know they're learning all these things, and there's these people that are provided um, to give them those things, but. In the mix, this is, this is the interesting thing, the thing that has fascinated um, me and has been sort of a core part of that part of the, the research that I do, is that, is that um, it's a very, very anti-Christian. It seems like that they all, all of them have illogical things that they vehemently believe and teach about against the Bible and Jesus, and that is so consistent. And then you start to see that most of those people that, that hold those views are, are coming from a a place of, well, Blavatsky really started a lot of it. And so a lot of the big-time players, the Jordan Maxwells and Michael Tessarians, uh, to a lesser extent David Icke, um, but those types of people uh, all hold views that are extremely Luciferian, ultimately. And that that that's a bias, you might say. But anyway, I, I, I think that it even goes deeper than that. I think that the spiritual aspect of it is uh, really what's driving it. And because of that, a lot of, they, um, a lot of these guys probably aren't knowing disinformation agents or anything like that. I think a lot of their testimonies should be believed as exactly as they tell them. For instance, David Icke tells the story of him being followed around by an extremely powerful spiritual entity who he then told uh, to contact him. And when he did... Uh, this individual started, uh, he led him to a psychic uh, thing, eventually embodied him and started writing his books for him. And so that's where David Icke came up with all this conspiracy information and everything. And of course, David Icke now, you know, uh, that's what he, he, he has a very interesting philosophy where, you know, we are as gods. I wonder where he got that, that lie from. But um, th same thing with Jordan Maxwell. His paradigm was a little bit different. He also was contacted by entities that want, that told him they wanted to use him to tell the world this stuff and they were going to give him all this information and channel through him and uh, in his paradigm they were Pleiadians but nevertheless these individuals are uh, from our perspective being um, deceived by demons who the demons aren't renegades you know they don't they don't just go mess with somebody because you know they, they uh, they've got they, not, nothing better to do they are in a strict, probably the strictest military system that's ever been, uh, ever created, and that is the satanic kingdom where Satan is, in fact, their, their boss. 
and uh, they are spreading a message that will eventually cause the world to worship an antichrist. And so the analyzing of this information can be pretty much broken down to this. All the conspiracy stuff that, that we're seeing, all the stuff that the way this is unfolding, the, the places that they're telling us to go and the things that they're telling us to think and the things that are on the movies and the things that are on TV, the what, what Satan's doing to the families and what, what all this stuff, the poisoning of the world, everything has recourse to the building of a uh, world government that will eventually enthrone a man who Satan will embody and force through some sort of means the world to worship him. That's what he's been doing since he had the opportunity. He's been creating a system that he, I think, only now has the uh, infrastructure available to actually do when the Lord lets him. All right. And one thing you mentioned, you mentioned this, um, I guess you say, spiritual um, thing going on behind the scenes. And you mentioned the We Are God theme uh, among some of these people. Now, do you find that that is a recurring theme among almost all of these uh, religions who t- uh, tend to, or I guess all of these beliefs and movements that tend to attack uh, Christianity? Yeah, it's very consistent. It's kind of, um, it's ironic. You know, I was just, I was just looking into um, Scientology and it's totally not nothing like what you know we were talking about necessarily, but it's interesting how it's all sort of based on this same idea that we are gods. I mean, and I was thinking about that when I was looking into Scientology recently, and I was like, it's like that's like the easiest thing to get people uh, uh, people to believe, you know, because they they want to believe that, you know. Have you ever had anybody tell? Or have you ever seen somebody lie to somebody else and the reason why that person was like not on guard to an obvious lie is because that lie was being told in a way that was sort of flattering the individual. For some reason, when flattery is involved, we become blind to lies. I mean, as long as somebody's flattering us, it's it's like, well, oh, yeah, I, I think that guy was genuine. You know, I, I, I like that guy <laughs> because – it's just our nature. So the we as God's thing, um, well, of course it has reason to, I mean, to be used because it's 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 ultimately making people say God is not God. The God is not God. But it's also a really easy sell. So you see that in a lot of different things. And you'll see most of, you know, I mean, uh, but yeah, in the New Age, it's obviously extremely prominent. So, and that's what most of the truth movement is moving towards. So, yes, I would agree wholeheartedly. All right, um, well, this this We Are God thing goes back all the way to the Garden of Eden in uh, Genesis chapter 3, and I do find that interesting that it is a recurring theme really all throughout history. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is um, the alien agenda. What do you believe that uh, aliens and UFOs are? And um, after that, can you really expound on the message that they bring to um, people who have claimed to have been abducted? Sure. Um, well, I think that um, there's kind of – I think there's possibly two categories of what's going on, um, maybe more. But uh, for the most part, I think that you can just cross the board aliens or demons. You know, uh, the stuff we see in the sky, I don't think that in any way has to be um, actually ships or anything else like that. Lights in the sky are probably, like, really easy for Satan to do. Uh, and you hear people – you know, I mean, this summoning of UFOs and all these things, 
Um, that's so obviously, um, you know, Satanism 101. I mean, I always, I recently posted a, a video not too long ago of a, of a John Todd, a part of his testimony was talking about his sister who used to be a high priestess in Ohio back in the 70s. And uh, this is where a lot of the UFO uh, sightings would, uh, had first started. And not that not that she had anything to do with them starting or anything, but this is kind of when it started really becoming a big thing in pop culture. And she she was just she would laugh. She was go out in the field somewhere and summon demons, and you know everybody would report you know that they were seeing UFOs and things like that. So there's that that's going on. Um, I think that, uh, and I do believe that aliens and that whole idea has is definitely going to be used as a deception in the uh, in the coming new system but the other part that is intriguing is well what's going on with the military i think that the military has you know a lot of the alien sort of uh conspiracy folks have been saying forever the government isn't you know has has been trading alien technology for blah 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 in exchange for this or that or that they could abduct us or whatever over the years, I kind of think that maybe there's some truth to that, and that's kind of what's keeping it going. Of course, um, there it's totally it's totally misinformation the way it's presented. And I I, I know that it, it it looks like anyway that uh, the government military is encouraging this belief of UFO stuff. Um, just take Bill Cooper's testimony for example. But uh, I do think that that they are um, very much into black magic and things like that at high levels of the military and that it may not have started out that way it may have started where they were in contact with um you know what they believed were alien entities that you know were offering them knowledge in exchange for you know well the 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 lore says that it was in exchange for the ability to abduct their people and i have absolutely no proof of any kind of that i would just say that that i wouldn't be surprised if uh, there was some sort of deal made because it was the kings of the of of this country sort of thing, like an, uh, a a deal me, being made there. Because you see that kind of thing uh, also in the Bible, where kings really did have some sort of authority uh, over the people. And I'm not sure if this this would. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not. I don't. Please, I'm not trying to make any big deal about this. I'm just sort of musing, I guess. But that's that's all. I, I think that they there is one other aspect of it that is possibly something. You know, this idea that um, they're building new hybrids and, uh, you know, all this kind of thing. I feel conflicted about that. I think that on one hand, a lot of the people that are saying that, um, no, I won't say it's about the people. A lot of the testimonies about it, I think, are skewed. I think that they're like in, in I think that that's a deception in a lot of different ways. But at the same time, I think that there is a very real element to it, and a lot of times that real element is tied to uh, really interesting sort of uh, you know mind control projects and things like that. You all, you have all these testimonies of, that are clearly like um, Kathy O'Brien and other people who, and Arizona Wilder included, where they would say part of our programming was to say that this was alien stuff. Or uh, uh, what's her name? Um, there was that Illuminati programmer who I believe is truly, truly, excuse me, sincere, and her name was uh, Spali, S V 
A-L-I, and she wrote extensively on uh, programming. And it was evident from those uh, individuals that that the – not Arizona Wilder. I was thinking it's folly. Um, but anyway, the part of the programming was to say that their experiences during the torture, which would cause trauma – and the was to say that it was aliens so they would remember it as aliens doing that to them and then of course if they ever you know it ever got out they would tell people that aliens had done this and that so there's that aspect that we need to be aware of but at the same time i think that there is some real aspect do i think it's the um return of the nephilim as it were i honestly am still conflicted on that um I, i'm still conflicted if it is if it requires a actual um, physical return of the Nephilim in that way or not. I honestly, um, over the years, I just don't know about that. I don't know either way on that one. So not a very conclusive answer, but I think that basically I should have just answered like this. Aliens are demons. And I will say this, that it does seem, it does seem likely that Satan would want more hosts for his spirit. Obviously he needs, it's really hard for him to get bodies because you notice in Mark chapter 5 when the guy, um, you know, the guy, guy had a, a legion of demons, it says, uh, in him. And, you know, that's a lot of demons for one guy. And that, was pro- and that guy probably opened himself up because of occult stuff or whatever he was doing. Who knows what that guy was doing? But he, he opened some sort of door. And the thing is, is that it's really hard for Satan to get people to open up doors. And that's why, that's why mind control has been a really great thing for him because he can create new personalities um, – Program them to love Satan, program them to want Satan and, and, you know, have all these sort of programs where like Satan loves you, Jesus hates you. So that way you can get that personality that doesn't know very much to accept uh, demonic influence. And so they have they've manipulated human free will, which seems to be the X factor. It's like what Satan really needs in order to uh, in order to indwell a body. So it's hypothetically uh, a, a good idea for Satan to create bodies that don't have don't that he can just indwell uh, and therefore create sort of an army, I guess. Although um, I, I don't, I don't really see that necessarily being what we read in, 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 uh, in scripture, but I, I would just guess that it's, it's certainly a possibility. All right. Um, I definitely agree with you on a, a lot of those points. Um, the first and uh, foremost being that I do believe that the alien experience is demonic in some fashion. Uh, one thing that you mentioned was a deal for um, an abduction deal uh, with the governments. And one movie I want to really put everybody in mind of is the movie The Forgotten. If you haven't seen that, it, it really goes along those lines. But it also shows that the government, well, the, the woman thinks that they have some kind of deal, but the government, the, the government official really comes out and says, you know what, this isn't a deal. We don't have a choice. Um, one thing else that I wanted to point out in you talking about the deal, is I was doing some research for this um, new ebook that I'm putting out, How to Hunt the Supernatural, and one thing I kept running across that is almost a consistent across the board with supernatural entities is the need for some kind of invitation. And and once they have the invitation, they seem to be able to um, go and come freely. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about opening the doorways. So I, I do find that to be a constant thing. Um, one other thing that you mentioned is this um, the technology trade. And I wanted to know what you thought about this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the question in a second, but another thing that I found is consistent across the board is cultures, when they suddenly develop new technology, 
it's usually an exchange with some kind of supernatural being. Um, we see that with Prometheus in the um, Greek stories. We see that with Cusacabo in the, um, the Mesoamerican uh, civilizations. But do you think that there is a connection between these um, fallen angels and the sudden leap in technology and interest in human cloning and creating animal-human hybrids? And would you would you think that it's somehow associated uh, with the days of Noah? There's a verse that says, all flesh have become corrupted in Noah's time. Do you think that all these things may tie in together? Well, first, I would definitely agree that technology uh, has been used by these entities in the past. Uh, I think it goes back to the Tower of Babel, and it, to me, Babel really seems like, um, you know, these entities uh, trading essentially this knowledge to, for um, with the, trying to get men to use their will to build this thing for them um, that I, I, I see as what Babylon means, which is gateway to the gods. I think that it's possible that they were trying to build something that would uh, that would help them in some way. But that uh, you see what happened after Babel, which is these um, entities were scattered all over the place. They were ruled over by one of these individuals. It's, it's as if God said, okay, you want to worship these guys? That's fine. I'm going to give you to them. And he basically spread the world out. And you see this all around the same time, as you were mentioning the, you know, the Sumerians, the the uh, the uh, Mesoamericans, uh, Egyptians, all have basically the same thing. They were trading out uh, knowledge, how to build astronomy, uh, teaching the you know the women how to wear makeup and all these sorts of things in exchange for. Uh, of, like in the case of the Mayans, uh, blood sacrifice and quite a lot of it. So that I definitely see. Um, now, I don't know. I was talking about this last night in the freaking Chris show about the, uh, the sort of hybridization and the moving towards this sort of singularity and all this stuff. There's obviously some sort of agenda there. Um, I don't think it's what – I don't think it's what – I don't think there's enough time to – create what like most people think that they're creating though they just they're trying to create the system where you know they can download themselves into other bodies and have these fully functional uh hybrid things and i'm not sure we've got that kind of time i, I understand that that's where where it would go if we did have that kind of time there's no no amount no limit to the abominations that we would create with the tools that we now have to create them but um i don't think we're going to get there i think that Whatever they're doing with that stuff, you know, gosh, I, I don't know, man. I, I honestly need to revisit that because there's just so much disinformation with that. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I really don't know if the Daniel stuff with the um, the toes and the that the, the the kings of that time will be of sort of that uh, bloodline. But you know, I just don't know, man. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. To, to what extent? I, to what extent the Nephilim are uh, going to play a role in this end times thing? That I'm not, I'm not sure of. Yeah, I, I honestly wasn't um, stopping at the Nephilim. Um, the reason I was asking is because I actually stumbled upon this uh, maybe about a month or two ago, the Animal-Human Hybrid Prohibition Act, um, where uh, Louisiana so far has, has passed it, and Arizona is trying to pass it currently. England and Canada have passed similar laws that is seeking to stop um, science from blur blurring the lines of what is human. And so now my 
conclusion is that somebody has either tried or is talking about trying to create um, some kind of animal-human hybrid, a, chim- a chimera or something like that. And so there's a need for these laws to be passed because, you know, they generally don't pass these laws unless they're, you know, we're capable of doing it. And so that's part of it. Um, part of it was the Nephilim. Part of it was this whole animal-human hybrid thing, which is kind of disturbing um, when you really look at it. And we have these, you know, go back to the Greeks, we have the, the centaur and the minotaur and the satyrs, those type of beings. Um, now, as a human-type project, do you think that um, we may again sometime in the future see these um, beings that we were always taught were mythological? Do you think we will um, see that time where these things may roam the earth or publicly? Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, I would say from a just a purely like evolutionary perspective, I don't think we would have time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess there would be, you know, there's definitely a possibility uh, that we could um, see it. I just don't know. I don't see that it being a big part of this, you know. Uh, It would be just more like, it would just be like just abomination for abomination's sake, you know. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't, I guess what I'm trying to say, I don't see Satan's strategy in it. Um, and therefore I don't see him. He doesn't seem to be wasting a lot of time, you know, with things that don't have clear strategy. And I don't know if that one has, I'm sure that there would be like people that would do it and probably already have done it and all these sorts of things, but I don't see it as being a, uh, a part of, a part of all this necessarily. I could be totally wrong because I could be missing, missing a key factor, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you on some level. Um, I definitely, I don't, the time thing is an issue for me. Um, I just find it interesting that we that we have come to the point that it is necessary to even make these types of laws, and that to me is the most intriguing aspect of it. Uh, one thing I want to yes, I kind of want to move that. on. I want to move on to the the alien agenda now. One thing we mentioned is that the we are gods uh, recurring theme, and we also talked about uh, the zeitgeist and them trying to really debunk Christ um, in this in this uh, false way. Now. What I've noticed from reading forums and different websites online um, is that some of these alien beings um, or these beings that claim to be alien, these fallen angels, um, such as the Raelian movement, the Raelians claim that they don't, they don't try to disprove Jesus to say that he's not real, but they try to say that he was an ascended master. Um, what do you think may be the, the motives behind trying to, I guess, discredit Jesus as the Son of God versus denying his existence outright? Um, well, as there's a lot of, I think that's sort of a really key issue to um, a possibility of what uh, Satan may be doing with that is um, if he can make Jesus just be uh, one of many ancient uh, gods, in the sense, this is what you'll mostly hear some variation from, is that um, you know he has, was such a great guy that he you know he was either one or two things you have the ascended master idea that he was such such a great guy that he ascended to this new higher level and usually people have sort of a view in that too the more prominent type view is that um, he was kind of the Christ consciousness is the term that they often use and what they mean by that is that he was the same soul let's just call it a soul 
that uh, was in Buddha and the same soul that was in, let's say, Krishna and the same soul that was in, you know, you name your ancient, uh, you know, benevolent sort of God man. And so by doing that, they can say this kind of idea that every so often, you know, when humanity is at its crucial juncture, and they probably tie it to something about, you know, the, the right age, the new age or the old age or whatever, uh, then, then one of, and of course that doesn't actually add up. There's no way they could actually make that point, but they probably will anyway. Um, and, and that's what the, the point there is that if they can do that, if they can get people thinking those thoughts, then I think that they can make, uh, they can pull the trigger if, if they have an Antichrist figure come back and claim to be, I think it's what, I don't think that the Antichrist himself claims to be Jesus. Uh, the Antichrist claims to be higher than everything that's called God. He claims to be higher than God, higher than everything that's ever been called God and everything else. The false prophet may claim to be Jesus, and I think that's a possibility, but I don't think the Antichrist will. And But I do think that um, the main thing is that if they can do that, if they can make it look like that, um, they have a pretty good way of either saying, let's say it's the false false prophet, for instance, that, that claims to be this ascended master. The false prophet's job uh, is to com- just get everybody to worship this uh, the, the 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 Antichrist. His whole mission is kind of like the uh, the Holy Spirit, I guess. He, he's basically pointing towards the the Antichrist, where the Holy Spirit tw- points uh, towards the real Christ. Um, now, I think that also has its sort of implications in that you know we think, well, here's you know, Jesus, Jesus has returned, and he's telling us to sort of, he was one of these, you know, all these other gods. He's the same guy, you know, here's a genuine God that's returned. And uh, now he is uh, get, trying to get us to worship this one true God. And I don't know what the story with the Antichrist is going to be necessarily, but um, one of the reasons I, I kind of use that false prophet Antichrist thing is just because the Muslim uh, eschatology from the Hadith. Uh, sort of have this view of uh, Isa returning and Isa being second to the Imam Mahdi and the and then Isa sort of pointing everybody towards the Imam Mahdi and this is supposed to happen you know in their they believe that at least those that believe in the Hadith that um, that when the Imam Mahdi returns he's going to teach them a new uh, the new Islam they're expecting a different sort of revelation altogether and so if that if that's the case then then as i tried to point out in my um the arrivals or excuse me and the wake up project debunked that they may be uh they may be in for a setup as we all are (laughs) very interesting um now some people believe that the antichrist when he comes on the scene that he will have some kind of uh ufo alien connection um, and some people base that on, you know, the Daniel verse that you mentioned earlier, that they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Uh, do you think that the Antichrist um, having some kind of will have some kind of alien connection? And if he does, do you think that that will somehow boost his popularity to the point that he does step into that role of a world leader? Yeah, I I, I don't know uh, what his connection will be, um, and I don't really all. I, all I would say is that I think that the alien thing uh, has so has such potential for Satan. Um, if he doesn't use it, I would just be like shocked. You know, I'd be like, well, what else do you have in the bag? Because that would solve so many of your problems um, if he could use the alien thing in some way. 
number one, he could get – if aliens showed up, he could say, hey, you know, we created you. We are your gods, and you can become like us if you just evolve a little bit more. So th- it wraps up the whole New Age concept in one little explanation that, yes, you can evolve. We're here because it's now time for you to evolve, and there's some among you who – believed in God, but now they've been proven wrong, and they don't want to evolve because they're still going to believe in God, and they think we're demons. So they're going to have to go if you're going to want to be evolved. So it wraps up everything. It makes Matthew 24 make sense. It makes, uh, you know, Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 6 make sense as far as all this killing of Christians that happened when this, when this, uh, when this happens to the point where the world is so deceived that fa- you know children are going to give up their fathers to this. They're going to say, wow, you know, this is my dad is, you know, he's one of these Christians. He's holding us back from, from this kind of thing. So, and then of course, uh, it will also get the entire world on board uh, in a world government situation because, of course, then we would be all united by our uh, earthness as opposed to, uh, you know, divided uh, among nations and anything. And that's that's probably a good thing, but but at the same time, it's going to be used for um, the satanic world government that's going to be under the rule of one man. So. The alien thing has so many uses. Now, I can't tell you exactly how or if or what he his relationship would be, if he's going to claim to be one, if he's just going to claim to, you know, I don't know what, if they're just going to, like, crown him, so there is one among you who is blah, blah, blah. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I do think that his his appearance and the alien thing are going to be tied together in some way. Um, I definitely agree with you there. Um, one thing now that... Um it actually just popped into my mind while you were speaking. The the movies or Hollywood in general, uh, we have shows like V, uh, which you know is a remake. But I find the new V to be very very interesting um, in the fact that one that they were already here when they um, when they arrived. I guess you would say when they arrived officially in the ships, um, there were already people who had noted that they had been here. And now the series has kind of taken on this weird turn to where it's, um, I guess, revolving around the, the creation of a hybrid. Um, then you have uh, movies like The Box, where you have this, again, you have these, you think it's about one thing, and it turns out to be some kind of weird alien connection. And earlier I mentioned The Forgotten. Um, the movie turns out to be some kind of weird alien uh, connection, but at first it seems like it's some kind of psychological experiment. Do you think that Hollywood may be controlled by the government and if if so or if not, do you think that we're kind of being conditioned to accept uh, an alien uh, reality? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I don't know. I don't know who they're controlled by, and and you know how um, as far as who's actually you know paying the bills type thing. But I do know that um, they have been working on the alien thing like it is the only thing, the only game in town. I mean, it seems like every movie out has some sort of thing about that, you know, or something about that, uh, at least a, 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 a just a line in it about it. It seems like you can really tell this in the just general mindset of the people that don't really know much about anything that's going on, you know. Most people will say stuff like that now, like you start to ask them about, you know, what they believe about, you know, God or anything else, and you know, it's really easy for somebody to spit out the line that, you know, I think maybe aliens like, you know, were here before and made the pyramids. And I think they were like, you know, we're all like part of them or something, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Some variation of that. But it's not a too wide of a variation, you know. And it, it always it always gets me because it's like, 
you know, I mean, you didn't have to work very hard to get that idea. It was like so fed to you on a silver spoon. But uh, I think that's just how it works. It's a little bit of a dose all the time, and eventually you're sort of sort of uh, very uh, accustomed to it. All right. Um, that question was actually leading up uh, to a point. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, I actually have a bunch of questions written down, and, and now that I asked that, I see that it really leads into a, a, another series of questions I had. Uh, one thing I wanted to kind of talk about um, was, was 2012 and then really kind of uh, jump back into the UFO connection to it. Um, now, for what I've been studying about 2012 is that it, it mostly refers to a consciousness shift, and that's with, the, I believe, the Maoris and the Zulu and the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Egyptians, all kinds of different cultures. Um, what do you think about the 2012 hype, and what role do you think uh, 2012 will play in, uh, I guess, alien UFO disclosure? Well, uh, the 2012 thing is um, really big for some people, and it's just it's really a widespread belief. And I don't know exactly how it's going to be used, but I think that even if it was just the people that only currently know or think that 2012 is um, going to be either an end of an uh, an age or the end of the world or whatever they believe, as long as they believe something is going to happen with 2012, they can be, they can be used. But then there is the great majority of those that believe in 2012 that believe that it's going to be the beginning of a new spiritual uh, evolution, that there is something that's going to change humanity for the good in 2012. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a rough ride, but, you know, we're going to be spiritually enlightened and all these things are going to begin to happen or happen on December 21st, 2012. And, of course, they believe that because of no good reason. Essentially, there is a lot of pseudo-scientific stuff that it all seems real scientific. Oh, the galaxy is going to align uh, with this, you know, the sun's going to, Earth and the sun are going to align with the center of the galaxy, and that's not true. Or the, the planets are going to align, and that's not true. Or there's going to be a pole shift, and that's not true. All these things that seem sort of uh, scientific but just aren't true. So they have what they think are reasons for believing this. But I think that it can be used because in, in combination with everything else. I don't think that anything, as far as God's concerned, you know, he's not, he didn't have anything planned for 2012. But I think that Satan uh, wanted to set an arbitrary date in the future based on an educated guess of when he thought he was going to be allowed to do all this stuff. And I don't think he, he can make move a muscle as far as this end game is concerned until uh, he's allowed to. So, um, But I do think that he can do certain things. He does have a, a leash of sorts, and, and obviously uh, he can make... Uh, you know, plans. And so it's very possible he could do something on 2012 to make it seem like that. Or um, I tend to believe that he kind of just put that date there to work on the buildup like he did in, in 2000. Like when I first got into this, this whole 2012 thing was supposed to happen in May 5th, 2000. And that's what everybody believed back then. There was going to be some spiritual alignment or uh, enlightenment in May 5th, the 2000. And of course, that came and went, and nobody got spiritually evolved, so they just moved it to, uh, to, to December 21st, 2012. So if you look up 2012 and Google, and you start to 
just Google around, you will eventually, or not eventually, you will immediately be led to the worst type of occultism possible. The, the pages that you will be led to will lead you down a dark path of occultism, uh, especially nowadays. The main people that you're met with are people like Michael Vasarian and David Wilcock, both of which um, in the process of telling you what they think 2012 is. And these are the, the first strike of most people that have just found out, oh, I need to look up and see what's happening in 2012. They're met with usually one of these two gentlemen if they are uh, indeed looking at videos. And both of those guys tell them to the only way to really do anything is to get extremely involved in the occult. In the case of David Wilcock, he tells everybody that, you know, not expressly, but that they need to take DMT and that they need to channel entities like he does because he got all his 2012 information from channeling a being he calls uh, Ra. And so then you have Michael Tassarian, who the thesis, the main thesis he, he gives is essentially the only way to defeat uh, this coming darkness is to get better and better at magic. So this is kind of where it leads people. So if, if no other reason, it's getting the entire world into anybody that, that gets suckered into looking it up, at least a very good chance of them getting into the occult. But I, on the other side of that, I think that, that in combination with all the other things, 2012 can play a very powerful and prominent role in getting people to not only believe that a spiritual uh, awakening or enlightenment or evolution is here, but that it is here on a, on uh, that sort of, contingent upon those that are not ready for it being eliminated. So ultimately, I think that it uh, can is going to come with a severe amount of genocide. And that is expressed pretty good in my video, 2000, how 2012 enlightenment will lead to genocide. Now, that, that's very, that's actually um, a very, very interesting um, uh, position you have. And you just mentioned evolution. Now, one thing I noticed about evolution, one, it, it kind of, on the undertone of it, is saying that, you know, you're nothing special when the Bible teaches that we are a special creation. And also this, this whole alien thing, as you mentioned earlier, that they could say that, there are God, that they are our gods or our creators. And one thing I find that is really, really interesting is the, I believe it's called the, the star seed theory or something like that, where it talks about, you know, we were seeded from the stars or whatever. And then you have the, um, the Zechariah Sitchin theory that aliens played a part in our evolution. And you mentioned earlier that these things would tie up together. Do you think that if the aliens do arrive, that they will try to tie up evolution um, as something that they did? Not only as to say, I guess it would be to say, you're not only are you not special, but God didn't create you and we created you. Do you think that they will, uh, I guess, present themselves in that sort of manner? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the reason they will exist, is to, to put forth that idea. Uh, it's a twofold idea. One, it is saying that God is not God, we are your gods. And the second thing that it is saying is that you too can be evolved that you can become as gods like us because they're going to just present themselves. Hey, we're, we're just like you. You know, we were once like you, but now we're like us and we got really good at technology. And so we effectively became gods because we created you and you can be like God. So they're going to come back with the same message that uh, Satan was preaching in the garden of Eden, which is you can be as God. So 
It's got the you can be as gods, and it's got the God is not God all at the same time. And, of course, the probably the X factor is that it will be so profound, you know. I mean, that's one thing nobody's going to be able to say anything about. It's like, whoa, they're, like, here and stuff. This is, like, happening. It's on the news. So it's going to, like, it would just make every turn everything on its, on its end. Uh, you could bet that the media would uh, be showing Christians going crazy. They can't handle the truth. You, you look at them burning the the you know the city hall and you know the, this kind of thing would just be so picked up by the media and you know most of it would probably probably be set up stuff but the Christians will become so demonized after that they will seem to be the world's enemy number one the Christians who used to believe in God but now since the aliens are here uh, have been proven wrong have gone crazy and now they are in humanity is nearly you know I mean you could just you could just see how the media would run with that so. So that's where I think it's going. All right. Uh, we, we actually have a question um, from one of the, the people in the forum or in the chat room. Uh, they asked, do you think that the mark, I, I assume they're referring to the mark of the beast, will be presented um, by aliens or by the government, or where do you think, um, or what do you think will lead up to that? Well, I think that the mark is um, something that appears that the false prophet sort of spearheads so I would say that whether he is, whatever his function is, I think he's going to be part of the government um, in some way, whether he's sort of the priest or he's, you know, the priest is going to be, uh, you know, part of the government in one way or another, at least in this, in this situation. So it, it seems to come from the false prophet. I think that it's he, something he sets up um, to, for, for the Antichrist. I think that the Mark of the Beast ha, has something to do with worship. It seems that, um, whenever you read about the mark of the beast in the book of Revelation, there's lots of lots of different places. It, it it keeps saying that those that took the mark of the beast and worshipped the beast and the image of the beast. It's always it always speaks of this image that was given life, of this likeness of the beast that was given life. Um, the image of the beast and the beast, and that's what it keeps uh, referring to. Whatever it is, it's something to do with worship. It's sort of like a, um, you know, you uh, you kind of pledge allegiance to the system. And, and I, my view is that it's actually it's actually facilitating the worship of people in some way. Um, you know, God doesn't have to do that. God has the Holy Spirit, and when He gives people the Holy Spirit, it causes them to uh, walk in His ways. It causes them to desire Him and to worship Him. The Holy Spirit is uh, a very efficient uh, way to do that, you might say, uh, where Satan doesn't have any of those tools. Satan has demons and, and technology, so he doesn't have a lot of tools to work with. But I think that this mark is going to be something technological, and I think it's going to have something to do... If you ask me, a lot of that science stuff with you know what they're doing with you know trying to figure this thing out, it's, it's trying to figure out something to do with that. Um, I think that if you get the mark, you're going to not want God somehow, that you're going to be forced to worship this. And I think in order to get the mark, you have to pledge allegiance to it. So you're making a heart decision by getting the mark. But once you do get it, there, it's not like God says, don't get the mark or I'm not going to like you anymore. It's saying, don't get the mark or you're not going to like me anymore. So that's what, that's my sort of view on that. All right. Uh, one thing that we, we do keep touching on um, very lightly is is the technological aspect. Um, do you believe that 
that um, angels do actually develop technology or have developed technologies that they use? Or do you believe that this is some kind of knowledge that they have and just give us and they haven't, you know, actually developed themselves? Because um, I know a lot of people have a lot of questions about UFOs, like what are they, how are they tracked on radar, that sort of thing. Do you think that it is real angelic technology or do you think that it is somehow, uh, for lack of a better word, some type of uh, spiritual delusion? Both. Um, I think that angels definitely uh, don't have any problems giving us stuff about technology as long as it serves them their agenda in some way. Um, it's kind of like the calling card. If they're really if they're really uh, if they're really doing something with somebody and somebody's really listening to them and you know has opened up, they're deceiving them. Like Edgar Casey is a good example. Um, Edgar Casey is a guy who was channeling uh, demons on a pretty regular basis and filled up libraries of information of, you know, how to cure certain diseases and things, you know, cures that, you know, basically worked. You know, these were real things. People would come in uh, with their ailments and he would be able to tell exactly what their problem is and, you know, what, what they needed to do to cure it. And pretty much that's because demons are living in more dimensions than us, you know, have a much are much smarter than us, have much more um, ability to see, you know, problems and stuff in people's bodies and stuff like that. They're just, they're not really any different. If, I mean, well, they're obviously really different, but they, they're just operating on a different set of dimensions. So I guess what I'm saying is they impart that technology and that information as needed to whatever serves their agenda. So take Helena Blavatsky or, uh, you know, some of these books that are written by automatic writing and stuff. They're brilliant, brilliant books. I mean, very seductive because they have, contain so much truth and all this stuff. Uh, as far as the crafts, um, I would think that um, people like Stan Deo and other other folks like that, um, they tend, I think Stan Deo would, um, would see that as um, not, I'm not exactly sure how he would see it, but I do know that he believes that um, a lot of these individuals got their information about how to do this stuff, how to build these crafts, uh, if not directly from you know what we would perceive as aliens or whatever, but from channeling um, de- demonic spirits. Of course, they may may or may not have known that's what they were, but they you know they may have thought they were whatever. I think I was reading one time about some military guy who was. You know, uh, he wrote books about channeling, you know, ancient Egyptian gods, and, you know, he'd done all this incredible technological stuff. So, yeah, I think at the high levels of uh, uh, black ops and stuff that they're doing with, with those kinds of heavy and seriously stuff like that, the, the technology, I think is at the, very, at the very least they're channeling demons. Whether they think those demons are aliens or not, it's really inconsequential. But I do think the craft is something that they can seduce military with, with uh, because that's what military is into. How can you win this war and so keep in mind they have a very specific reason for wanting the military involved uh at some point in revelation 19 i believe it is there he's going to that is the the false the false prophet the um, antichrist and the beast are all going to gather the nations together to go to war against the return of christ they're going to actually use weapons against the return of christ and that's a crazy, crazy idea. But that's what that's what it, if you think of it from Satan's perspective, that's his last chance. You know, I mean, he, and you and I bet you, man, he's 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 not going to use 
the modern he's not going to use a nuclear nuclear weapon ballistic missile against Christ. He's probably cooking up something that he thinks might have an effect. Uh, so so yeah, that's why I think that the goal is there. That's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, and you did mention you mentioned the Battle of Armageddon, where all these armies are gathered together. Uh, one of the very interesting aspects of this battle is that these three frog-like spirits go out to gather the kings of the earth and you know their armies together. Do you think the, that these frog-like spirits may be um, what some people claim to uh, see and we call reptilians? Do you think they have some kind of uh, connection to the reptilian aliens that people report? Well, I don't know because uh, it says that they come out of their mouths in that passage and they go to gather the nations together. I don't think it's necessary uh, that they that they are that. I think that generally a lot of the reptilian stuff. Um, I think it comes from two different places. One is that um, I think that in the case of Arizona Wilder is a really good example because she was the the individual that brought most of this to David Icke in the first place. She was an unhealed multiple. That is, she was uh, raised in a uh, you know a generational. Uh, 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 I guess you say satanic multiple family where, um, you know, her mother was a multiple and these types of things. She went through all the programs and stuff like that. She was a slave. And like many of the slaves, one of her altar personalities was a high priestess uh, that would perform rituals. And so she actually explained in this interview with David Icke that um, what she, she said, I'm, I still have sleeping programs. She was not healed. The only person, the only way to get a multiple that has been, uh, Split, split so many times and demonized so many times. The only way to get them he- healed is through um, a dramatic uh, experience with uh, the true Christ, and that is something that she certainly had not done at that time. So, so her story was like many of the people that are unhealed multiples giving their testimony are very, very unreliable um, for many different reasons because they could have other personalities that are giving out disinformation that they were trained to do. It's a really wacky sort of thing. But nevertheless, here's what I'm trying to say about reptilians. She goes on in that interview to mention that she was trained in one of her uh, programming sessions, which she didn't she didn't name it as a programming session. She just sort of described it as a classroom situation where they were teaching her about reptilians. This is the planet they came from. They came here this many thousands of years ago. This is what you're seeing when you do these rituals. This is you know what they are. And so you sort of trained what to think about the things that she would see in these obvious satanic rituals. What's interesting to hear her describe these rituals of the Illuminati uh, is clearly satanic rituals. She's standing in a pentagram. She's calling up what she calls old ones. Uh, This is how she describes these old ones. She says they are spiritual entities that emanate evil. Just She says just drip off of them, just so evil. And what these entities do is they go around to the heads of state and they sort of give them the plan about what to do next and where to go and blah, blah, blah. So all the sacrifice and stuff that was there was done in order to call up the old ones, as she says. And, then, and she's kind of saying this from her perspective where she is trying to say it's all reptilians. The old ones are just sort of like spiritual reptilians. And, and then these people are shape-shifting during the uh, you know thing and whatever. So what I'm trying to say is that she was, I think, doing exactly what she was programmed to do in that session – she was giving out a um, a program. She was a failsafe. If 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 a high priestess like that from a high level Illuminati sort of situation ever got out, the failsafe is that telling everybody that it was reptilians from another planet. 
Because if she would have said, these people are Satanists and I have proof, that's a whole other story. Now, that story would not look good if David Icke said that. Um, but um, there's another part of this. And I think that demons themselves do sort of have reptilian uh, uh, um, features. Some of them, I, I, I would say that that's a fairly consistent thing if you saw them as they truly are probably would look rather reptilian. I'm not saying that's doctrine because I don't think I can prove that. But that's I would say that's the other part of that, that I think there is an aspect in which the reptilian thing is true. Secondly, I think a lot of people that see demons um, and angels, you know, it's really hard to tell what their true natures are because they can appear so many different things. So, um, so they may just want to be appearing as reptilian. Because, again, it's kind of like appearing as a gray or a Pleiadian to some people because... Uh, it just serves an agenda for that particular person at that particular time. So it's kind of like saying, well, the Pleiadians, you know, what do you think about, you know, because them, because, and I think, well, um, the Pleiadians are just, you know, demons doing another thing for a certain type of people because that's, a everybody has a paradigm. Um, and, and they just kind of like study a person and see what will work with them. And if it's uh, that, they'll be that. If it's, you know, whatever. Most of the people that get into, you know, I interviewed a lady that was in Reiki, now, in her situation, she was a very good-hearted woman and everything else, so all the, the deception that was centered around her, oh, they were angels from God, and who she was talking to was Abraham, and, you know, and she was told it was all, you know, she was, you know, working for God and everything else. So for her, that's what they studied and said, you know, she needs, she doesn't need us to, we don't need anything. We need this to be all nice and, nice and clean, rated G. Now, that's interesting. Um, now, we, we kind of talked about um, the reptilians. Now, what I find interesting is the reference to reptilians all throughout history, again, back to the, the Mayans with Cuscatl, and uh, we also have the, the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Um, we have the Nomo of the, I believe, the Maori tribe believes in them. But all around the world you find these ancient records of these reptilian beings that taught people technology, now, I'm still in the camp that I do believe that these were fallen angels in whatever form. Um, my, what, I'm, what I'm not sure on is what form all angels are in and, and the fact that they may be different, um, such as the description of the cherubim or the seraphim, and they may all look, um, I guess you'd say, somewhat different. Now, we've talked about that class of being. Then another one that we mentioned is the grays. And one theory that I have heard about the Greys that I do find interesting, uh, mostly because I'm a Stargate fan, and I didn't really put it together until recently when I heard this theory, that the Greys are not necessarily a being, but some kind of synthetic body made to house a being. And in the um, Stargate SG-1 series, um, the Greys were a creation of some kind of advanced civilization, and they created these bodies to house their consciousness. And you mentioned earlier that you believe that um, these beings would, would create some kind of technology um, that would suit their purpose. Now, this question is kind of twofold. Do you believe that, that fallen angels and demons are the same thing? And if so, do you believe that they would create some type of technology or find a way, I guess, to, to house the spirits of demons without, without having to possess uh, human beings? Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that. I think that that's what they would want to do is definitely find housing for it. And so I think that that's a, that's a, a valid and, and very potential possibility. Uh, I have nothing to really refute that. My gut feeling really is pretty neutral on that. 
Um, I think it could be, and I think it couldn't be. I see, I see it on both sides. As far as angels and demons, um, I'm under the camp that believes that demons are disembodied spirits. We see in the Bible that they are always seeking bodies, and I think the demons are what's being, um, you know, I think that I heard it explained this one time. Satan took a third of the angels with him, and that automatically gives him a two, two-to-one deficit. He's outnumbered. Um, so I think the demons were a pretty strategic move uh, for him to gain more soldiers for the army, which is uh, corrupted the seed line through, uh, through the Nephilim. Uh, we, we read in, in Genesis being uh, the whole world had been corrupted by this. Noah and his family were the last people that were of a uh, pure non-Nephilim bloodline. And so if that's the case, and those were unredeemable people as they died, then Satan essentially gained a bunch of demons for his, uh, for his army. So the only problem is they don't really have any way to embody, to get bodies. So I think that he's just strategically using what he has. And I definitely see that he would want to do that. Apparently, it is possible. That, that I guess that's what the thing is. We know from the Bible that it is possible to mingle angelic um, seed with human, with human, uh, you know, women. So that's pretty much that's pretty much the thing. And we know that it is possible after the flood. So we can presume that it's still possible. I tend to think that there is a genetic thing that's happened to us. Maybe we've degraded a little bit, you know, as far as our DNA or something's happened where it's not quite as easy for them, like uh, via sexual intercourse. Uh, I think that it, it just became more challenging. But then again, I don't know. I really don't know about the Nephilim thing or, or what role it's going to play in the end times. All right. Um, another, another. I guess, uh, I guess you say a race of uh, beings that, the, that these angels present themselves as is, you know, not only the reptilians and the greys, but also what we call the Nordics. Um, I know the Bible mentions that that uh, the devil can change himself into an angel of light. Um, it also calls him a serpent. It calls him a dragon. Um, it talks about him being like a like a roaring lion. Do you believe that um, Satan and maybe the other angels do possess the ability to shapeshift, and do you think that that is why it is common among most supernatural creatures, such as uh, vampires or werewolves or, you know, things like that, that we always find this weird shape-shifting element? Do you think that these things are somehow connected? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all wrapped up in deception. Satan is the father of lies. When he's speaking a lie, he's speaking his native language. And um, these individuals, as it says in that, you know, as you mentioned in that verse, that they can also appear as angels of light. I think that the thing that's going on there is is sleep paralysis is a good example. Because you look at, you know, old school sleep paralysis, they weren't seeing greys and and Pleiadians. They were seeing, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, uh, The old hag syndrome. If If you go... If you go through uh, the different cultures, each culture was seeing something like that was pretty common, um, but it was like basically the same thing. And it was all according to what they would buy at that time, you know. It wasn't until recent times that we started seeing greys and, and, and Pleiadians and reptilians and all these things. So I would say this, that they kind of have this cool system uh, where they've got this thing going where if they can get enough, if they can appear the same way to enough people, then it can build sort of a folklore and if they can get folklore going, then they can get belief going. So if they, hadn't, if they had chosen just to be something different to every person's paradigm, it would be dangerous for them because, um, because then the, they would 
people will start to realize that these things are just appearing like whatever I think that they are. It's like they're just trying to trick me. They're probably some sort of like deceiving spirit. But if they were like had a meeting, like, okay, for the most part, we're going we're gonna to appear as these guys and these guys or whatever. Then they can create this lore on the Internet or wherever at uh, conferences and all these things before the Internet where you could be like, you know, I've seen that too. Oh, my gosh, we've all seen that. And then people can write books like the Pleiadian Agenda and it can suck many people into it because, after all, it's got this sort of base built up that uh, has a lot of, you know, sort of lore around it and history. So it seems very valid. And same thing with, the, with you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. Satan uses the Pleiadians and the Greys and the Reptilians to bring thousands to hell, um, you know, every year. He uses the belief in those. And take Jordan Maxwell, for example. Jordan Maxwell literally gave himself to the will of Satan and allowed demons to channel through him because he thought he was a Pleiadian, and he thought he was here to help the world. It's just a deception. Uh, those were demons. Those weren't Pleiadians, and they just used it for Jordan Maxwell because they knew that he would buy it. They're smart, and they know what, they know what we'll buy and what we won't. So that's my personal opinion, is that there really aren't any Pleiadians. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. I, I don't believe that they are. Again, what they claim to be, I do believe that they are fallen angels. Um, let's let's kind of move to something else, uh, kind of current events, but still on the same topic. Um, it hasn't been covered much here, and actually, um, I was on L.A. Marzulli's site when I found it. Uh, but Israel has declassified its UFO documents. Um, do you think that this is uh, setting us up uh, for, I guess, maybe some near future event? Um, and before you answer that, one thing that I had heard, this is, this is a rumor that I've heard, that the governments around the world are putting pressure on the U.S. to start declassifying a lot of their documents concerning UFOs. And I know Mexico and, and several other countries have already done it. Do you believe that this is an orchestrated event um, behind the scenes by these uh, angels? Or do you believe that this is something um, completely human to orchestrate this event, or do you believe that it has nothing to do with either and this is, that this is just uh, completely coincidental? Uh, I think that the the disclosure stuff is just so, so, so definitely something we're supposed to be thinking. Um, and I think I think that for lots of reasons. Nelson Rockefeller, um, the brother of John D. Rockefeller, was the, was the guy who really started the whole, let's, let's get the government to disclose the alien, you know, thing. Um, you know, the, the people behind the Disclosure Project, I mean, if, if that's not disinformation, I have no idea what is. But the, the, that kind of stuff sort of plays on our um, natural desire to sort of know secrets and things like that. When, the, when there's this impression that the world is, you know, these renegade individuals are getting the governments to release their secret files they didn't want to release, and now they're forced to release them and blah, blah, blah. Of course, I don't think that they really ever intend to have the disclosure. I just think that they need the news stories. You know, the the news stories are really what the, where where the good is for for Satan is because he can just sort of again put one more log in the fire of getting the world to sort of have in the background of their head that you know I think that the, we've had contact with aliens and the government knows it. You know, and so it all sort of coalesced. And all these things that we've been, you know, the movies and this kind of day-to-day stuff or the, the news stories they put out like uh, like clockwork every 
um, you know, every month about um, maybe life on Mars or maybe life on this planet or, you know, some non-story that says maybe thousands of times, but the headline says life on Mars found intelligent life may exist on Mars or whatever. They, they put that out on the major news wires once a, once a month, like clockwork, just to sort of, you know, keep it fresh in everybody's mind. It's just a big – now, I, I again, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is certain things that the government doesn't want us to know about about that stuff, um, probably because it would point to the fact that they're not uh, aliens and stuff. But I don't think anything like that happens by accident. You know, the news stories that report some you know, of these – these things, I don't think. It, I don't think it's an accident. I think it's just part of a uh, uh, psyop. Yeah, I agree with you um, wholeheartedly there. And as you mentioned, uh, none of this stuff needs to be uh, seems to be an accident. One thing I have noticed over the last few years, and it's really because I just started paying attention to it, is that a lot of the um, news footage is the same footage, no matter what channel you watch. It's, it's you know a different person talking over the same exact footage that another that another news broadcast is used, which leads me to believe that all these news places are getting their story from a single source. Um, here in Las Vegas, um, for example, I believe we have, we have three or four major news stations out here, and I'll notice that each news program, no matter which one you watch, they always cover the same exact stories, even though there's all kinds of news going on. And it, it would seem to me that if there's so much news going on somewhere that you know, these different stations will pick up different stuff, but they all talk about the same thing, and it all seems to be very coordinated. Um, you talked about mind control and hypnotism. Um, I believe you talked about hypnotism. Um, now, mind control, hypnotism, I guess yoga, meditation, those type of things that really encourage us to delve into the to the spiritual. Um, I know many people think yoga is just a relaxing exercise, but it, it's really deeper than that and has to do with, you know, opening chakras and, making all kinds of different contacts spiritually. Do you think that those are somehow uh, becoming popularized in order to, I guess, maybe consciously or even subconsciously open doorways that allow demonic influence or even possession into into the lives on, I guess, on a massive level? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems to always come back to that thing with uh, Satan, you know, how to op- get people to open more doors for him. And that's why the the occult in general is being pushed so hard is because, he, again, he's got this two-to-one deficit. He's got all these demons that he can't do anything with unless he finds, like, a place for them to, to go. And the only way he can get people, get them uh, in somebody is for that person to give him the, their free will to do so. And so, and that's really hard. You have very few theistic Satanists, people that actually know what they're doing, stand inside a pentagram and all that stuff and, and ask for it. So what he does is he tricks people. He gets people to to not know what they're doing, to think that they're talking to the dead, to think that they're talking to this and that. Where meditation is a great example that is a very, very step-by-step process. Um, meditation will, you know, the first book somebody will get on meditation or the first time that they're sort of guided into it, they're just told, you know, hey, just, just be passive, you know, just breathe and, you know, think about nothing and just try to clear your mind of everything and just do that for a while. And that's all, you know, meditation is. And and what they're doing at that level is just being extremely passive. Uh, Their will is extremely passive. Now, usually what will happen is once the person does this, because they're in such a passive state, demons can't do much, but they can do something. 
And what they usually do is give that person some kind of um, experience, whatever, whether whether it's just something quick or you know something uh, something that happens or, or some sort of thing that keeps them going and gets them really interested at that point. And so then, well, you know, they're like, wow, this is this is I'm on the right path here. This is working. So then they'll go find more books about it, read more about it. And as you get more advanced and looking for more truth, quote unquote, about it, you're led to the new books will say something a little different. They'll say, well, you know, you can uh, actually get information from the sort of Akashic records out there that you could tap into. And you start to really realize this, like, oh, so I can like get information about stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. And then you get a little further and uh, there's this, there's actually ascended masters out there that you can talk to. And you're like, wow, you know. And then it starts to be not just Ascended Masters, but you're supposed to call on those Ascended Masters and not just to call on them if you really want to, you know, and of course all along the way you're getting sort of, you know, experiences and wow, this is working, I'm getting smarter, I'm getting better, my life is changing, all these things that the demons are orchestrating in the person's life, all because they want them to just keep going. Please keep going, get deeper and deeper and deeper into that. And that's what happens. So eventually it goes down to, uh, you know, if you let this uh, Ascended Master into you, you can really get it going then, you know, and that's when, of course, demonic possession happens, and then Satan starts to work on it. He basically works with what he's got. If he thinks he can get more people involved in it, he'll do the thing where, you know, that person goes on to teach more people how to do it or blah, blah, blah. If he doesn't have much use for them, he'll just go right to the end game with the individual, which is start uh, start the process of trying to kill the person or trying to get that person to kill themselves or whatever. Ultimately, these beings absolutely hate us and they want us to go to hell and that's what they're that's what they're doing but they're also trying to get as many more people as possible so that person may be used to you know get more demons to be a host for more uh but that's i mean it's just a really terrible road so so yeah that's that's what i think about that um i'm glad you actually mentioned the the whole aspect of uh gradually drawing them in and you know revealing more and more and eventually getting people trying to hurt themselves. Now, I didn't go through this personally, but I have a personal friend who went through this um, in high school or right after high school. Uh, he's a little bit older than I am. But I, I do remember that he had made, he had, you know, started to meditate and uh, channel things and do yoga, and he'd made contact with the Ascended Masters, as you mentioned, and little by little they started to show him new things. Uh, and a lot of, well, I, I didn't really think he was crazy, but a lot of, our friends did because they weren't into this type of thing. They they really had no belief in the spiritual or the supernatural. And so when he was telling me they were teaching him to levitate and then they started teaching him to walk the walls and then they were trying to teach him how to read the future and when they finally had gained his trust, I believe he told me it was three of them, and when they finally gained his trust, they tried to get him to commit suicide. And that's when he realized that whatever these beings were, they were lying about it and, you know, they weren't really out for his um, for his personal good. Do you find that that is common in a lot of cases, or is that just an exception, uh, I guess, to the rule? Well, it seems to be one of the more common things. Um, voices in the head almost always are telling them to hurt themselves, kill themselves, you know, those kinds of things. Um, there Again, I think Satan is just an opportunist. If he is done with the person, if he doesn't see any more uh, use in the person, then that's when that will start. A lot of people would so rebel against that and say, I am, you know, have spirit guides and they would never tell me to blah, blah, blah. It's like, they will. They will once you're done, uh, you know, evangelizing it, getting more people to do as you've done, to be a host for them. 
they'll they'll turn on you too. They absolutely have hate us so much. That's why with the authority of Christ that we have over these individuals uh, and in, in one of these entities um, that Christ has given us in, in many different places in the Bible, uh, Luke 19. Uh, verse well Luke 10 verse 19 I think anyway where he says behold I give you authority over all snakes and scorpions um, and I think that gosh we should have no mercy on them when it comes to rebuking them and I really think that that uh, should be our default sort of stance and uh, you know I had an interesting uh, thing the other day is I was just really depressed and uh, it's not very common for me to get depressed and I didn't really think about it and if you if you've ever been like that you'll be, it's kind of interesting. You don't really feel like praying, you know. It almost seems like praying is just the last thing you want to do. And I even did pray, and it still felt like, you know, nothing really changed or whatever. And I was like, man, praying praying isn't helping, you know. This is maybe not a spiritual thing or whatever. Anyway, my uh, my fiancé sent me uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Just felt led to just send me the, the chapter, and I read it, and I was like, and it was right after I said, Lord, just send me some direct revelation, you know. And I was just picking up my Bible and going to walk, walk out and, you know, try to try to see what the Lord was wanting me to do. And uh, then I just read Ephesians chapter 6. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with uh, principalities and powers. And and on all of this, and I was reading through that whole chapter and about this this wonderful ability we have with putting on the full armor of God. And, man, I just went out there and said, okay, I'm going to, to war with these things. And I was reading the Psalms and I started quoting Revelation 22, when you know Satan is thrown into the abyss and telling them what the end was, and just praying against the the evil. And man, I'll tell you what, that depression went away like it was uh, just just scared. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is just that's great, you know. And I'm not saying don't misunderstand me. All depression is caused by demonic stuff. It's it's amplified, I think, sometimes, but it's not all caused by that. But there are times, there are times when it is. And uh, in those times, that's that's your um, that's your uh, method of of help is to to wrestle with the uh, with the spiritual entities in that way with prayer through the authority of Jesus Christ. I, I agree with you 100. percent Now, in your in your line of study, um, have you run across people that that um, I guess you say that they have sought help at church? Um, I guess when they when they've been involved in these type of activities. Um, such as, you know, trying to meditate and attended masters, those type of things. Do you find that they have gone to churches and been turned away because churches have a tendency to shy away from uh, the supernatural? Or or has it been the opposite and uh, you have found people, or even yourself, that churches are very supportive uh, when it comes to these matters? You know, I find that if you have a church that is really being led by the Holy Spirit, they might not be into, they might know nothing about Nephilim, or well, they probably do know something about Nephilim, but, but you know, they might not have any idea about this stuff, but um, they, they they know what's up. They're, they're led by the Spirit. They're going to figure it out. And uh, w- you'd be surprised how much churches understand about this stuff. A, a pastor that uh, really, that's really uh, being led by the Lord is really in the Word, um, he's not going to be surprised by any of this stuff. This stuff is like called out and then some in the Bible, you know. The stuff that was going on in Israel in ancient times, sacri- the kings sacrificing their children to Moloch on a regular basis, and on and on and on and on. None of this is new under the sun, you know. So um, I find that churches especially, you know, you have to find a church that is, um, that's good. And, and I think the best way to do that is to find one 
that is uh, reading the Bible, that's hopefully going through books of the Bible, books of the Bible one at a time or verse by verse. Um, I like Calvary chapels for that reason. I'm not endorsing them as a whole, but I think that uh, what I've found is that Calvary chapels are so close to um, the doctrine is so close because if you're going verse by verse, then they eventually have to just, they have to preach the full counsel of God and therefore they have to preach the verses that they don't even want to preach, you know? So it's just too easy for uh, preachers to only preach around what they what they want to preach. But if you have to just if you have to hit every verse, you eventually got to you know call yourself out of, at some point. But um, so it has the function of keeping them very very doctrinally sound. And when a church is doctrinally sound, they're not going to shy away from demonic stuff. A pastor that is doing his job is going to be having seen demonic stuff over and over and over again because that's just. That's just what happens. You know, more and more people are getting demonized nowadays. The occult is rising. It is getting uh, more children at younger ages are doing crazy things. You mentioned the va- vampire thing. They're getting seduced into that so so uh, readily, and that's leading to very direct demonic possession. Um, and and something something's got to give. You know, parents are saying this kid is demonically possessed. We take him to the preacher. Preacher, deal with this. So, if you have Voices in your head, voices in the head, or any other kind of thing, whether it be whatever. If you think think that you have demons or whatever, go to a church. They're going to be love. They're going to love all over you and say, and they're not going to judge you. They're just going to help. Go during the week or call to like there. There are Calvary chapels everywhere. I I can say you can trust a Calvary chapel. You can call them up and say, hey, I think I'm I'm having voices in my head. Voices in my head. Can I uh, come down there and and could you guys just pray for me? And they'll say, sure, come on down. So. So, yeah, I say, and I'm not, again, it would probably be any local church that the Lord would lead you to, but, you know, like I said, there are some that are just not very doctrinally sound out there. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I've I've heard many people that, um, I guess you'd say, they they kind of tend to shy away from the church because the church, some of the the churches do not go into the supernatural. But as you mentioned, Calvary Chapel, Chapel does do a good job. Um, I believe it was uh, Chuck Smith and Chuck Missler, I believe, that uh, were the first two that um, that I heard that um, introduced me to, you know, the, the Calvary Chapel organization. I haven't actually been to a Calvary Chapel, but I am familiar with the organization because of those two. Um, now, I had a couple more questions. Uh, we got about 14 minutes left. Um, now, as far as, as, far as this, um, this closure event, do you believe that this, event is sometime very far in the future, or do you believe that it is so close we could possibly wake up tomorrow morning and have a scene like Independence Day or RV? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, my guess is that it could happen anytime. My, no, actually, I would say this is my guess. I, my guess is that a war will come, and we are going to go through a brutal, brutal war that will be set up by um, the Illuminist types, uh, they will make it look like a war of religion. That's what I think is going to happen next. I think a massive war of uh, that will look like a war against the Jews and a war against the uh, Christians, and they're supporting the Jews against the Muslims. That's what I think that they want to happen, and they want that war to be as big and as nasty as possible. Then I think you'll see uh, the aliens showing up Independence Day style, and they'll say, Stop! You know, stop this madness. You're going to kill yourselves. We've come at a crucial time in your 
history and we've here to stop your wars and your wars are caused by religions. We thought we'd just go ahead and tell you that you know there's no need to fight for these religions because we are your gods and blah blah blah. You know, that's my guess. If I was to guess how it would go, that's how I would script it. How it's actually gonna turn out, your guess is as good as mine. Now, even even though we you know we do shows like this where we try to educate people on on what these beings may really be and um, you know what the agenda uh, really is and and I mean we really have all of history to refer to as to the intentions of these beings. Do you think that it will only be religious? I guess I guess people who listen to these type of religious shows or or people who profess a Christ, uh, belief in Christianity or the Bible. Do you think that those? Uh, I know I know not all of them will, but do you think that those types of people will be the only people that really, I guess you say, resist these beings when they come forth? Or do you believe that there are other people around the world who profess no belief in Christ but also believe that these, uh, I guess, visitors are deceptive and, you know, will have some kind of rebellion, something almost like what the fifth column is in V? Hmm. Well, I think that um, the Lord will show people this truth that we're talking about, you know, really quickly. Um, those I'm speaking mostly of like you know born and green Christians. Um, I've I've actually heard of stories of people you know that just really just love the Lord Christians. You know, God just basically I mean tells them everything, tells them about everything that we mentioned tonight and then some. I've learned stuff from them when they were like telling the stories, like wow, yeah, that is what would happen. You know, like. God just told them. It was a word of knowledge. Like, here's, what, here's what's happening. And they never looked into this stuff in their life, you know. The Lord will uh, do as needed for those that are his, you know, and he's going to tell them whatever he wants to tell them uh, on a need-to-know basis. I think he'll just reveal the truth of it when they show up. But then there's going to be, as you mentioned, another group that are not going to be saved that are going to realize that it's deception. And for them, they are ultimately going to have the toughest choice ever. They they are the ones, I think, that uh, can be evangelized to during this extremely uh, tough time of the tribulation uh, period. I think those are the people that need, uh, that have a chance. Um, now, I think ultimately they've got to make a decision whether, what side they're going to be on. It's not about, I'm not, it's either that, the side of the Antichrist, the Antichrist himself, or um, they're going to choose Christ and by doing so choose death. So it's going to be hard for them. I mean, I, but yeah, that's that's what their what their choices is as far as I see it. So yeah, I agree. I haven't seen V, but I would imagine I think that probably the, that makes sense. There, there will be a lot of rebellion against it because honestly, I don't think I think it's going to be pretty obvious. There's going to be holes in the story, you know. Uh, but I think it's just going to be such a fast-paced thing. I mean, aliens are here. Oh, my gosh, what's the news doing, you know, and they're going to be telling us what to think and stuff about them. And it's going to just be so earth-shattering or mind-shattering, I guess is a better uh, word. So it's going to be very fast-paced, and we'll probably believe whatever, even though we won't have time much time to think much about it. Yeah, one, you, you should definitely watch V if you haven't seen it. It's, it's very interesting the way it unfolds. One of the first things they do when they come is they, they grab a huge guy in the media and they really essentially use the media to form people's opinion about them. Um, so I do, I do think that show is interesting. I'm very addicted to it. 
Uh, we got about nine minutes left. Um, before we get out, can you tell everybody um, what projects you're working on and how to get in touch with you and, and where to find your stuff? Sure. Uh, I just started today doing something I think the Lord has been asking me to do for a while, but I keep putting it off, um, which is making a video about um, the Bible and answering just a really simple, well, not a simple question, but uh, the question is a lot of people ask me, isn't the Bible, you know, created or, or by or infiltrated by or corrupted by the Illuminati and it's just there to create or, you know, control our minds and these kinds of things. So I'm just doing a video to refute that in many different ways. And uh, so that's a project I'm working on. I'm doing a lot of stuff with um, dvdtrack.com, which is a uh, ministry that makes um, videos for specific uh, people groups like uh, Muslims or um, homosexuals or um, Mormons these types of uh, groups, and it's just basically a way to sort of preach and preach the gospel to them. We also have just regular ones that just have the gospel uh, message, and it's just an interesting way to get people the message uh, in a DVD. You can just hand them a DVD. You don't have to say anything. They all take it home in the comfort of your own home and, you know, get evangelized too. So that's that's something I'm always working on, dvdtracks.com. Um, all the other sorts of things. Uh, just start a verse-by-verse Bible uh, where are we calling it? Verse by verse Bible teaching dot com, and that's that's really I think what I'm really enjoying doing right now is just verse by verse commentary on the Bible. We're going through the Book of Galatians, and uh, you can go to the website verse by verse Bible teaching dot com. So I just love looking at new commentaries, and it's just very interesting. You can find all the different projects. Uh, I do podcasts and videos and all kinds of stuff, and you can find it at nowhere to run radio dot com, and that'll link you to all the other projects and stuff. Okay, I, well, I definitely uh, thank you for coming on. I've definitely enjoyed you. I know Brother BJ, he wanted, he definitely wanted to be on, but since he's traveling, um, he couldn't get a signal. But, yeah, I definitely enjoyed you, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time out and coming on. Man, i got to tell you, I really enjoyed this interview, too. You did, an, I mean, an amazing job. You just, you're really, uh, you know, we're definitely kindred spirits, you know. We, we certainly uh, are united by Christ, and it's just uh, just glad to be here with you, brother. Uh, thank you for the compliment. I definitely appreciate it. Um, and I guess we're, we're going to go ahead and call it a night. Um, I'd like to thank everybody else for listening, for everybody's input in the chat room. And I just want to tell everybody to have a very blessed week and to join us next week. And until then, God bless. Bye.